Episode 68 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. Where do you get love? Howdy, team. Welcome along to episode 68 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles, your fortnightly podcaster on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that come alongside it. Welcome along to today's show. It's uh, it's, it's an interesting time of year right now, isn't it? Because we're heading into the Christmas slash holiday season. And I don't know where you are in the world, but I imagine somewhere where you must be somewhere in the world. And it's just a very interesting time. And I, I finished last the last episode talking about this kind of temptation time of the year and what do I mean by that is that this is the stage of year where we just get presented with a lot more temptation why is that well we tend to have more work functions we tend to have more celebration times Uh, there tends to be a little bit more time away from regular routine and with that temptation we can go to a place with our health that we don't necessarily like it's that whole fitness industry it's funny one thing I've been saying to a lot of people recently is the fitness industry is really interesting in the holiday season because things get really quiet for us so in New Zealand right now it's summer so it's even more because it's a it's a real holiday season for most people I know and maybe like North America and you know the UK and places like that it's probably winter so you may not get as many holidays as what we get in New Zealand but you know it's definitely a time of year where there's these celebrations that mean temptation are going to be in front of us a lot more and in some ways, we want to be able to let go of that time, but at the same way, we also want to kind of get to the other side of it with the least amount of damage as possible. And it's just something to really be aware of as we're thinking about leading over this next few weeks. Is it how do I stay as healthy as possible through a season where I know I'm going to face a lot more temptation? And what are the strategies I'm going to use in place around that? So for example, you may find that at this time of year, you might have three or four functions a week. Now, normally when you go out for a function, you may actually find that you like to let go a little bit and kind of go a little bit crazy on your eating and drinking. But you may only have a function once a month. Well, if you're going three or four a week for the next period of time, if you did that every time, there's going to be an obvious cost to your health. And so maybe some boundaries you can put around that is to say, well, one time within these three or four times I'm going to go out this week, I'm going to have, you know, let loose a little bit. But the rest of the time, I'm going to stay within a really controlled boundaries, as I said, around this period. And it's just a really good thing to be aware of, because ultimately it's that kind of, in my temptation season, how do I minimalize the damage I do in that time? So that A, I don't do as much damage, but B, when I get to the other side of this, it doesn't take as much work to get back to where I like to be within myself. So it's just something to kind of think about. I know I kind of talked about this at the end of the last show, but it's just an interesting thing to talk about. Today's show I've got, uh, it might be deep. Uh, it might be, I'm, I'm kind of, I've been thinking about this concept a lot recently, and so I'm going to kind of dig into it and, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out pretty soon. But before I talk about that, I was talking, I was teaching a class the other day, and sometimes when I teach classes, two, I've taught two things that have really kind of been very interesting. I taught one class where I was pretending I was a motivational speaker. So I was teaching RPM, and RPM is the cycle class which I've often talked about 
in this podcast. And RPM is a really good class to explore deeper level thoughts of concepts. And so often when I'm teaching the classes, I, I really try to get inside people's heads to help them discover higher levels of self-motivation. And uh, But this day, I kind of was having a bit of a laugh. And I made out like that I was going to be a public speaker. And, uh, and I made it that my public speaking was, you know, like imagine Anthony Robbins or Tony Robbins and he basically comes out on stage and he comes out and he walks out, thousands of people in front of him and they all cheer and he comes out and he walks out and he just goes, sort your shit out and walks off the stage. And this was kind of this concept I was talking about in my class. It's just I was just saying, you know, this, I'm a motivational speaker and I come out and, and my message is sort your shit out and walk off. And I kind of, the point of it was, what would be your answer to sort your shit out? Well, a few days later, I went to, I was catching up with one of the ladies who does my classes, I was just having a bit of a chat to her, and she was telling me that how my motivational speech on the class I taught the other day really worked for her, and at first I wasn't quite sure what she was talking about, because normally I know, you know, if I've gone to a really deep place, you can kind of go, oh, you know, here's where I went, and she goes, oh, that thing about sort your shit out. And in my mind, it was kind of a joke thing that I did, but by her, just by me saying to that, made her think, oh shit, I need to sort my shit out in, in a few areas. And it's just some things, you know, if you think about that right now, if I say to you, come on, sort your shit out, what does it mean to you right now? And, and what does it make you reflect upon that maybe deep down you know within yourself that, oh, I should probably be working on this right now. And it was just one of those really interesting moments that I you know, maybe as a joke affected people in ways that I, I, I didn't really think would affect people or, you know, wasn't really even the intent. But it, it obviously, sometimes just those big moments where someone does ask a question can be quite powerful. And even as I chuck that in front of you right now, when I kind of say that kind of sort your shit out and just leave it upon you, what's what are the things that are popping up in your head right now? Like, what are those things that you know... Uh, I need to work on this. Uh, I need to work on this. So that's one thought I've just had recently. And another thought I had recently, I was teaching another class every day, and obviously I'm a bit of a spontaneous person, to be honest. I'm, uh, I'm not necessarily the greatest planner. I'm, like, I'm not disorganized. I, you know, I think I plan and function pretty well in my life with my planning. But at the same time, I, you know, I am someone who kind of trusts the moment that stuff will come up. And... I was kind of talking about this whole idea of people who do exercise but use it as a market to go crazy in other areas. And it being temptation season, you know, like it's one thing that I've been talking a lot about to some of my classes, you know, that we are heading into the time of the year. Like I just talked to you guys a minute before about that whole idea of we are in temptation season, so, you know, be a bit more careful. But also this whole idea of what healthy behaviours do I give that allow me to have bad behaviours after the fact? And as I was teaching a class every day, I talked about this whole idea of are you doing this class today just to tick the box so that you can do unhealthy behaviours for the rest of the day? So by me going to the gym and doing a workout, does that then allow me to do a lot more bad behaviours because I've done this exercise? It's a really interesting thing to think about, is this whole idea of where do I use healthy behaviours 
as ways to justify unhealthy behaviors. And, you know, again, if we go into this temptation season kind of concept, it's a really interesting thing to think about. Now, in some ways, it, you know, it's, it's definitely good to do some healthy stuff within this. But at the same time, does this kind of compromise of if I do something healthy, I get to do something that's maybe not so healthy, hurting what you ultimately desire? Is what I is my compromising? I'm just going to repeat that because I think it's a really important message. Does my healthiness, my healthy behaviors, allowing my to me to justify unhealthy behaviors, ultimately hurt what I ultimately desire? And you can think about this in the weight loss contents. You know, there's a lot of people out there who want to lose some weight, and they'll do a lot of good work around healthy behaviors. It might be you know, sticking to diet plans, it might be having good strategies around nutrition, it might be rest strategies, it, it might be exercise, and, and you know, so you do all this good work, you, you create all this change to kind of get to the place where you want to get, but then once you've done that healthy behaviour, if you allow yourself to have, to be a reward to have unhealthy behaviour, you know, it's probably going to hurt the chance of you achieving the place where you ultimately desire within yourself. And so if you are someone who knows that me having exercise means that I'm now allowed to eat a whole cake of chocolate. Well, is that really a wise way of doing things? And maybe to actually look at this perspective you have around this area of, oh, healthy behavior leads to me allowing to have unhealthy behaviors. Maybe an area that you can work on within yourself over the next period of time is the removal of one opening the door to the other. So, you know, because what a lot of people often do is that they use unhealthy behaviors as a reward for something in their life. You know, it is that, oh, well, I've done exercise so I can eat something that, you know, maybe that I wouldn't consider healthy. So it's a reward. So maybe something that we need to think about is once I've done a healthy behavior, which mindset should I take myself to after the fact? And maybe even leading into it, because, you know, a lot of people actually just be thinking about the reward of the, you know, the after the fact I've done the healthy things. So so what's the shift in mindset that you need to create for yourself in regards to this? So once I've done my healthy behavior, you know, maybe it's I reward myself with esteem. Maybe it's I work towards, I do a star chart where I get to reward myself with buying, you know, something that I really desire. For example, let's say I've done exercise for th- a month, you know, and I have to do exercise four times a week for a month. And every time I do a, a session, I put a star on a chart, and at the end of that, I get to buy myself a really nice pair of running shoes or some nice gear or, or something like that. So that I do feel a sense of reward, and I do feel a sense of other than just, you know, although, you know, if it's exercise, kind of the reward is exercise. But, you know, if we want to feel that there's more on top of that, we can do those types of strategies, which allows us to feel good and to get something extra on top of us being healthy. But then not to kind of damage the work we've just done. So as you think about yourself, just really think about, am I that person who allows healthy behaviors to be justification for unhealthy behaviors? And what's the cost of that on my life? Does that actually keep me in a place where I'm actually slightly dissatisfied with myself? And if I were to remove the unhealthiness associated with the healthiness, would I end up in a place that I'd be more healthy and more happy with in myself? So then if I can identify that, what are some strategies that I need to put in place that allow me to do that? So that ultimately that when I have a healthy behavior, 
I actually just lead up with more healthy behaviors and which, you know, the flow on effects, I live in a much more healthier place. So just stuff to think about, you know, we're obviously coming in temptation season, so maybe it's worth you kind of putting some thought into this and again, get to the end of this period of time in a way where you're as healthy as possible with, you know, enjoying aspects of it to levels that are correct for you. I'm going to get into this month's show in a few seconds from now, but before I do, I just want to talk about a few of the patrons. Uh, if you want to become a patron of the show, once again, I really appreciate the people who are the patrons of the show. It really makes a big difference to the work I'm doing. Uh, we live in a world nowadays where content creators, you know, it's much easier for people to create content, and it's much easier for people to get content out there. And, and in ways, that's really amazing because it helps to... You know, like I think we live in a really great time of content. I think we can get all different types of content in ways that are really quite empowering. And I actually think there's a higher level of intelligence with content nowadays. You know, well, maybe not just intelligence, a broad spectrum of content so that you can really find the thing that does it for you. And in doing that, I think, you know, we are shifting to models where... We need to support the people we want to get content from. Uh, the old models of ad-based models and big media is kind of fading and, and it's changing. And so if you do find people you support and like, you know, to be a patron on this show is a really powerful thing to do. I know I, I patronage a few shows that I listen to. I think there's real value in doing that. So I've got a few people who have become patrons of the show. Currently I have 30 two patrons of the show and there are thousands of listeners to the show. So for the 32 who you are, you're rock stars, people. You're my bloody rock stars. So, first of all, I'm going to name a few people who are patrons, and we have got one new patron this month. So we've got we've got Greg Crowley, and he has been a patron of the show for a while, and his nickname is the uh, Python. We've got Luke Mayhem Miller. That's a bloody great nickname. Luke Mayhem Miller. Pick. Pip, the silent assassin Langford. She comes in my class. She absolutely kills herself. Um, oh, wait a second. I've also got Luke 001 Miller. So maybe I gave Luke two nicknames. So Luke is double trouble. Uh, Kate, the perfect one, Southern. And then Robbie, Big Shot Allen. He's a, a friend of mine and he's uh, taken on the world in Big Shot ways. And uh, and the new patron of the show is a lady called Kim Anderson Hadley. And actually Kim's uh, one of my runners. And I've known Kim for years. And Kim is a person who I admire for many reasons because she's a kind of person who is a bloody hard-ass athlete, first of all, this woman, you know, it's really interesting as a fitness professional, because you kind of know the people who like to really blitz themselves, and you know the people who don't really work hard enough, and you know the people who kind of come and go, and Kim is one of those people who absolutely blitzes herself, whenever you come up next to her as a coach, you know, she's just, (laughs) there's just one gear really, Uh, probably the biggest challenge for Kim over the years has been how to learn to control herself at times, and she's done really well with that, she's achieved some pretty amazing goals, and some pretty amazing growth with her running, but not just with her running, but as a person, um, she's, um, yeah, really just blossomed into a, a, a much whole person through self development, and done some really amazing work, so Kim, your nickname, I'm going to call you Surging Further, (laughs) because <laughs> I kind of think of surging uh, as in it's a, such a running term um, and always going further you know the, the development in the self and, and you know as an athlete in many other areas of your life uh, Kim also sings you know she's just a woman who's always trying to kind of go to next levels of understanding and development of self so surging further how go Kim surging further yeah Anderson Hadley so there we go okay guys I'm going to put the music on we're going to get into this 
show's main gist of the content. Here we go. I'm actually doing a bit of a take two here. I uh, recorded the first, well, this section of the show earlier on today. I had to go out for a few hours and I came back and I thought I wanted to start again. And uh, the reason is, is that I'm not sure how I'm going to put this together. And as I listened to the first part that I did earlier today, I'm not quite sure if I got it right. And I think in some ways that will give you a bit of a clue about what's coming up ahead because the, the, the kind of message I want to get across today or the kind of stuff I want to share with you guys is a little bit more challenging. Uh, challenging for me to to express in a way that will maybe come across in a way that you can get value from. So fingers crossed, I can get it right. This is take two. Uh, did I get it wrong the first time? I'm not quite sure, but I've just kind of come at it in a different approach the second time now. So um, you know, you'll probably never hear the first time, but you're going to get this time here. Uh, as I sat down to prepare this second time, I, I wrote down a series of questions, and I, I want to I want to work through the questions with you because I think there's some really good questions. Well. If, if, if they're trying to help me to lead to where I'm trying to go today, maybe they're good questions. And the first question is, is how do you get love? How do you get love? It's an interesting question to think about in life. This idea of how do I get love? Now, there's many different types of love, isn't there? There's, there's sexual love, there's uh, intimacy, there's you know the love that you share with friends. Um, there's a shared experience of like I love playing my band, um, you know. So I, you know those kind of experiences you have in life, and there's all these different ways we have love. So when I ask that question, I'm not necessarily even saying that you have to say that it's one type of love. But if I am going to group love with another aspect right now, I'm going to say love and acceptance, because in some ways I think a lot of us when we think about getting love that's one of the aspects of love that love is, is that, you know, when you think about unconditional love and you think about that child-parent relationship where, in theory, the parent's meant to give unconditional love and not that they don't need to set boundaries and things like that, but, you know, that they will accept me no matter what. And when you think about all your friends, when you have deep connections or even your partner or your loved one or those people in your life who make you feel loved, it's often one of the things that they make you feel loved about is this acceptance of you, of who you are. So when we think about this question that I lead out with today, this question of how do you get love? When you think about yourself and how you seek love and how you achieve getting love in your life, what do you do? Now, this podcast, you know, maybe it's worth you stopping and pausing and actually thinking about that question for a little bit to really reflect upon that. I'm going to I'm gonna put more questions. There's going to be a lot of kind of hard questions at you today, so just be aware of that. The second question I wrote down was, why is this important to you? Now, I know in some ways it's an obvious answer, you know, like, we all want love. <laughs> Come on, who doesn't want love? But why is your need for love so important to you? So how do I get love, and why is it important to you? It's a really, another interesting kind of area to explore, is what is the value am I getting from having love in my life? Then, then I, I wrote down another question. How much of your energy 
goes into you seeking love. Now that you've spent some time thinking about how you get love and why it's important to you, when you, when you look at your actions and, and your day-to-day way, how much of your energy goes into you trying to get love in your life? And there's, again, there's these obvious moments when you meet someone and, you know, you want somebody to really like you. You know, there's, there's an obvious energy to that time. But I'm, I'm speaking, you know, even when you look at the little times within your life, like when you think about how you dress, if we're going to use love as love and acceptance, you kind of dress like the people you hang around with. When you think about, you know, your political views or some of the ways you think, are, are they kind of similar to the world you surround yourself with? And in some ways, is do some of those those examples share, show you how much of your energy you actually put into being accepted and loved? If you can see you're putting this energy into the acceptance and love of my world around me, what are the benefits to your life? Why is that worth doing? Oh, there's obviously value in doing these things if, if you've reflected upon these questions and you've determined that actually, you know, how do I get love? Well, I get love by doing these actions and, and why is it important? Well, because I want to be accepted and, and how much of my energy, when I reflect upon it, I put a lot of energy into making sure I'm delivering on what's going to return that love for me. And so so the benefits I gain are, you know, obviously, hopefully love but and acceptance, but how is that shown to me? The next question is probably where I wanted to head before with this stuff. And, and the next question is a really interesting one is, what are you giving up to have love in your life? What are you giving up to have love in your life. I'll give you an example from my life. I I have a deep need to be wanted. <laughs> I'm not going to deny it. I said that kind of in a deep way as well. I have a very deep need to be liked. And it's something that, you know, and I think I've done well at in life. I have the ability to get people to like me. Um, a lot of it comes down to just giving good energy to people. It's, it's, to me, it's not rocket science. It's... Um, be, be kind to people, show people what they can be, um, don't pick on people, be a good person, stand up for the weak person, you know, all these kind of character traits, which I think are good character traits, and some of them came natural to me, like I've always been a smiley, kind of optimistic person, uh, and some of them have been things that I've worked upon, as in, you know, don't be critical with others and stuff like that. So, you know, in that way, I've set up a world where it's very easy for people to like me. Uh, does everyone like me? I guarantee not, I'm sure lots of people dislike me, but generally speaking, my world at least shows me that I'm, you know, that there's aspects of me that's worth liking. One of my biggest downfalls of my need to be liked is, as a leader, I sometimes avoid confrontation. As a leader, there have been moments in my life where I haven't told the person who I'm working with the hard thing, because I'd much rather they walk away from the conversation with them liking me, than them getting the message they need to hear. So in many ways, it's it's a weakness in me. So it's, it's a fear of being disliked that has hurt my ability to help people in their own lives. Because a great leader has the ability to look at someone and and tell them what they need to hear. I'll give you an example. I remember when I was younger, I as a group fitness instructor, I was managing a group of people, and I. 
uh, had some trial instructors who basically wanted to be instructors and they were been practicing for about six seven weeks and at the end of it we had to say if they were good enough and they came along and did this kind of presentation to us to show us if they were going to be good enough and to be honest both of them just weren't quite good enough you know they weren't terrible but they just weren't of the level that we were looking for and at the time my manager was there with me and um, it was pretty clear that I had to tell them that they weren't going to get the positions they were aiming for well for the next 15 minutes I was beating around the bush and in some ways letting them think that they still had a chance I, I was basically trying to think of how can I let them down in a way that they could still like me you know I wasn't consciously thinking that but if you could look at my actions it was really clear that that's what I was doing and my manager basically sat next to me and my manager was a great manager and they just looked at me and they could see what I was doing there and they didn't interrupt me, but they, you know, kind of just said, well, can I have a word? And, and within 30 seconds, they told these people what they needed to know. Uh, that we have a standard that we're looking for, and unfortunately, you're not of that standard right now. We are not willing to commit more time to developing you, but if you do want to develop yourself, there are other ways to do that. And here's how we suggest that you do that. We would love it if you came back in the future and up improved a little bit so that we could look at you as a possibility for the future. Now, the way my leader did it, he left them with a sense of dignity because he respected them. He left them with a sense of understanding what the real case was, a sense of where they needed to go as a person. Whereas I would have left them confused, made them think they still had a chance where at that moment was not realistic, you know, created bigger problems down the road because I haven't actually confronted the feeling and actually probably hurt them a little bit because eventually they're going to have to they probably would have committed more before they found out the truth and it was purely because i wanted to be loved i wanted to be accepted and liked and in that moment i was giving up being a great leader because i wanted to be loved one of the things you hear a lot from people it's really interesting i'm very fortunate in my world working with the kind of work that I do with my clients and that when when you you get to a place with your clients when you work with them, you know, because you, you get different people in different situations and and a lot of the clients you get, you know, to be honest, no two of my clients have the same kind of problems and so you kind of work through their problems. At first when they come to you, they're often in a place where there needs to be a lot of change really quickly and then as time moves on, it's, it's more of a tweaking of the person. And one of the things that you, you, you know, when you've kind of worked with someone for a while and, you know, they've probably achieved some pretty big change, is you get to a place where they say a comment that is really awesome to hear. And what they say is, I feel I'm finally being me. I feel I'm being me. I actually remember I had a client a couple of weeks ago who said for the first time in years, I feel I'm just being me. And I think ultimately that's, that's what we want in life, isn't it? We want we want this to be this place where we can be truly pure, or, or tr- I'm not sure if pure is the right word there, but we can be true to the essence of what we feel we truly are in the world. And while that's the ultimate goal, I, I don't know if many people actually are fortunate to live that life. I think there are a lot of people out there who deep down are well off from where they want to be as a person in this world. And that's where I go back to these kind of, these questions of love. You know, the questions I threw in front of you were, 
How do you get love? Why is it important? How much energy do you put into it? What are the benefits of, of you putting this energy into it? And what do you compromise in chasing love? And in some ways I wonder if one of the, the struggles that many of us have is the balance between those two things. The balance between how do I get my love back from the world in a way where I can still maintain who I am. Because I wonder if there's a level of us who seek love from others in a way that actually suppresses who you really are in quite damaging ways, in really massive ways. I think a lot of people will probably say that the, the, the answer to this conflict, is it a conflict? <laughs> the, the conflict of the balance between how I get love from outside of myself and how I stay true to myself is to focus on loving yourself first. And that seems like the obvious answer, doesn't it? It's that kind of, if I can love myself first, then A, my need for external love is probably going to be less. And B, I'm not going to chase it before that reason. And and you know what? There's probably a lot of truth to that. But I kind of wonder if the better way of approaching it is to actually acknowledge that how I get for love, that first question that I started with today, is a, is worth exploring a lot of time into. And, and once you actually start to really understand how you get love, you can really assess of all the methods that I use to get love, which ones are actually good, which ones are kind of aligned with who I am anyway, and which ones are worth putting some more energy into, and maybe which ones aren't so much worth my time. It's actually interesting, I had a session with a client the other day, and I was saying how... Um, one thing they used to do for acceptance and love was be critical of other people. And because in their peer group, they, they used to be quite, you know, scathing of other people. And deep down, this person knew they didn't like to be that person, but it was kind of what you did in that crew. And so for acceptance and, and kind of love in that environment, it was actually something that was working against who they were. And it was funny, they said, that, uh, they said, I've stopped doing it and I feel so much happier. I've stopped doing this kind of criticizing just because that's what agreed upon within this kind of social circle I'm in that allows me to be accepted. But actually, by removing that aspect, I feel a lot happier. And I think that's ultimately what we're, we're probably trying to, you know, the message of today's talk is <laughs> on fitness behavior. <laughs> I always find it ironic because I, I, I don't know if I'm the biggest fitness podcast out there, but um, the, the, I think that's the thing is what is that balance that works for me? What is that balance of me seeking love from the outside world and me being true to myself? And a good start point is to go back to that first question of how do I get love? And once you've done that assessment, is to look at the places where actually, you know what, that's the way I get acceptance and love, but it's it's not true to me. And actually, it probably comes at a cost, because I'm not allowing myself to be happy because I'm being this person here. And the more you can do that assessment and you can kind of see the compromises you're making, well, then you have a bit of a plan to work on, don't you? Like, if you do know you're the person who's being critical in front of others just because you want to look cool... Well, that's something to work on. How do I become somebody who stops in that moment? How do I become someone who defends the weak in that moment? How do I remove myself from those environments when, you know, they're going to places I don't want to be? 
how do I become the person who maybe says, you know what, this isn't the kind of conversation I like to be a part of? If you were to work on those aspects, that would have a massive impact on your life. Like as you think back to that first question of how do, how do I get love? And you think back to your life right now and and you kind of, you can, you know, I imagine as you're listening to this, you can probably even see moments where, you know, there are moments of the way you achieve acceptance and love which actually you don't like about yourself. And if you were to shift away from those, what would that mean for your life? But then the other aspect is, is to go, well, what areas where I, where I seek love and, and you know, gain love are really powerful for me. Like, you know, my example was not being a great leader because I, I wasn't willing to say the hard thing when it needed to be said. You know, so that's an area, I, and I have worked on it, and to be honest, it's still an area I struggle with. I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a master of it. I've got a lot of work to keep on going down that path. You know, my need to be liked more than to be the person who helps people develop themselves at the hard times, you know, is a big thing. And I think, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys identify with this. But then what aspects of the way you find love in the world are really great? You know, like one thing I've discovered in life is to, to show people when you think they've done great. You know, to actually, it's amazing how powerful it can be to, when you've seen someone improve, just to give them some love to show them that they're improved. If you've never done that, try it. I, I, I dare you to do it this week. And don't just say it. Don't just say give someone praise for praise's sake. Notice when someone does something great. And take a moment and let them know. And there's something about that that is so empowering for everybody involved. And and to be honest, it's, you know, if it, it, it makes people like you more. Because you're helping them empower themselves and so they become more attracted to what you offer to them in their world now while i talk about this i don't know if you should be just motivated to do this just so you get love like you should really want to help people i think the driver should be that i want to be a positive impact on people's lives but i think that when you have that driver and you are willing to be the person who says this stuff you're going to notice that you're going to get a much different kind of energy back from people than if you hadn't done that kind of work and that's an example of when I look at the way I, I seek love that are actually really empowering for me. And so ultimately what we're doing is we divide these up into ones that are really about aligning with who I am and, and empowering me so I actually get more love but actually empower my world through doing that. And also the other side of it is to remove the areas or improve on the areas where I feel it's pulling away from me. And ultimately what we're trying to do in doing this is to allow ourselves the space to be who we truly are. Like, who, who are you? Like, who are you? Like, really? Who are you? What are you when, when you're being true, not, not what do you want the world to think you are, but, but who are you when you're, when you're most in your happy place, when you feel most content with your being? Who is that? And, and how are you doing right now with that? Like, really, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, I love that question. How are you doing? Are you doing well with that? Do you feel aligned with that right now? And if you are, good on you. You're doing great. And if anything, just how do you evolve that? But if you're not, it's, it's worth putting some energy to be aligned with that. So that you get to a place, you know, if we go back to the whole, well, um, you know, if you love yourself first, it's easier to, you know, to be less concerned about the love of others, which is probably true. It's, you're probably going to love yourself when you're being true, truly aligned to who you are. But ultimately, I think what we want to find is that balance between both. 
that balance and and how to to understand how I seek love from the world and and to to put energy into understanding what are the better ways that I do that and then to to balance it out well towards my self-development and to me accepting myself and and living a life that I know is true to me 100% true to me and I feel that if you can get that balance right you know if we're going to call it the sweet spot I think it's a really good place to live so as you kind of think about this stuff right now as I've chucked this at you these, those main questions of how do you love yourself um, or how do you get love why is it important to you how much energy do you put into it what are the benefits what do you get give up for that when you're truly being truly who you are who who is that how is that shown in your actions and, and also how do you know when you're not being that and then you know as I develop myself and make actions in my life do you know what do I do to move towards those things it's it's, it's really interesting stuff to think about so yeah I, I suppose ultimately I hope this today's show has hit a note because I it's one of those ones which I sometimes I do which is a bit out there and uh, and I, I, shit it's the second time I was in this so I'm not sure <laughs> if it has or not but I just I do think that a lot of people spend a lot of put a lot of their energy in the wrong areas trying to chase the thing that they ultimately want in their life and in doing that they compromise a lot of who they are and then they wake up you know not really liking who they are or, or in a very confused place and if we can get that balance right about how I find love in a way that's true to me and, and then to be true to myself well Surely you're going to be the better version of yourself in your life. So, never think about it. Right, I think that's this week's, this fortnight show. Um, yeah, I've really got something from there. I, I often say that at the end of the show, don't I? But I, I, this one was a bit out there, but it's just been something I've been thinking about lately in this whole idea of how do we seek love it's 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 just hmm. i just think it's a really interesting thought to have and for you to do that reflection upon that in your life there might be some real value in doing that for you um i've got a little kind of pet project for you uh we are heading into the end of the year i know that sometimes people get podcasts in the past so you know you may be listening to this in august 2017 but currently as i record today's show it's the 14th of december 15 and so we are in a place where um we are coming into that reflection time of the year isn't it you know i've I've talked a little bit about temptation season in today's show but actually at the same time we are also into that time of the year where it's it's reflection time isn't it it's that time where you stop and you get out of your day-to-day routine and and while there is a bit of letting go that comes up alongside that there's also that kind of well well where am i going with my life and I think it's a really valuable time in, in your year is to sit down and have a think about a reflection upon the last 12 months. Like as you look upon the last 12 months, where have you evolved yourself as a person? And you can probably look at that question in a few different ways. You can look at it as in, well, what steps have I taken towards having a better life? And that could be more the practical things like how have I looked after my finances and uh, investments or got rid of debt and all those types of things. Or it can be, you know, that I've built new relationships or put a new hobby in or, you know. So what activities have I done in my life that have enriched my life? What areas of my life on a kind of more of a character trait based have I evolved myself? You know, you might look and you, you may have educated yourself in some way or you may have just thought, you know what, here's an area of myself that I want to improve on over the next 12 months. 
Also, maybe where has there been some slippage? You know, in the last 12 months. And I look back and it's funny, I had this really exp- interesting experience a few weeks ago. I, I found an old video um, on the internet of one of me teaching my first ever group fitness videos that went around the world. Um, th- these videos are really well known within the group fitness world. And I found the first one that I ever did. And so this would be 2002, so it'd be about 13, 14 years ago. And it's fascinating watching myself from 13, 14 years ago. And particularly as in the context of a group fitness instructor. Now, in many ways, I'm a much better instructor than what I was as that kid 13, 14 years ago. But there were still some things that I saw in myself that I don't have in me now that actually were better. And it was really interesting to kind of sit back and do some, just see that and go, oh, I need to bring a bit of this back. Because when I'm doing that, I'm in a much you know, it's actually one of the real strengths of what I do. And sometimes it's a really good thing as we're doing that reflection is to go, well, what did you do well? You know, and kind of in a practical and an inner kind of way. Where did I evolve myself? But where were there some slips that actually I prefer to keep in my life? You could also think about, you know, the people in your life who were empowering in your life in this year and who are maybe some people you want to move away from. And then the next thing to think about is where do you want to be this time next year? Like, what is the change you want to shoot for moving forward in 2016? If you were to fast forward 12 months from now and be sitting down in the same place and you think, wow, where would I want to be and what parts of my life would I want to have evolved in? You know, and ultimately that's a really exciting thing to think about. And then once you've kind of set those markers in the sand as you move forward, is, is how do I evolve that? And what actions will I take? And, you know, what steps will I make this year that will actually have a you know lead me down that path so just some really good stuff to think about at this time of year and don't you know like you can make it a personal experience but you know open up the discussion to those around you around those types of questions it's really interesting when you allow those conversations to start where where it will go with people and you know who knows what they will open you up to so don't just be you know if i'm going to challenge you in any way include others in this conversation you know, maybe share what you're thinking, and um, yeah, I just think there's real power in doing those types of conversations. I love I, you know, cheapest creepers. If you're hanging out for me for two minutes, you discover pretty quickly. I love a deep conversation. So, just all interesting stuff to think about. Um, I think I'll pretty much wrap it up. I am going to be putting a show out over the Christmas period, um, but I'm, what I'm going to do because for some reason iTunes doesn't release my early episodes, and I do want to have a holiday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to release one of the very early fitness behavior episodes that maybe was one of the popular ones in the early days that uh, you know a lot of people who maybe found the show more recently didn't listen to early on so I'm going to release that over the Christmas period now for my patrons I'm not going to do the patronage on that one because obviously you probably heard that one in the past so I'll just let you know if you do want to become a patron of the show to go www.bevanjamesisles.com and all the information about becoming a patron on the show is there once again the people who read out of your patrons my 32 that's what I call you my 32 I really appreciate the, uh, the support you give the show and yeah, you guys have a great Christmas. If you got any emails, from fire them my way. And I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks, maybe a month. And I'll have a tan. And I'll have some camping stories for you. And uh, yeah, have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful New Year's. Celebrate your time. Spend some time with some loved ones. And bring on 2016.